Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Great to be here with you this morning and uh, as we've mentioned and in case you didn't guess, it is Mother's Day and um, I loved watching those photos. I don't know if you saw your child up there, that's some of the kids here at Victory Kids and you can't put them all on, uh, which is sad sometimes because we miss the opportunity. And so what we thought we would do, we would ask a few of our adult children what they thought their mum has taught them. And we didn't do a AV because it doesn't look as cute with a 30-year-old <laughs> sitting there with a sign. So we just asked them and then I've just taken notes of what they said. So here's a couple of things, Mum, that um, some of our kids have said we've taught them. said, my mother taught me about foresight because she said, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you get hit by a bus. Another said, my mother taught me about logic. If you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't come crying to me. Another one said, my mother taught me about maturity. Eat your vegetables or you'll never grow up. Another said, my mother taught me about religion. You better pray that comes out of this carpet. (laughs) Someone said their mother taught them about time travel. If you don't pull your socks up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. (laughs) Another said, my mother taught me about contradictions. She said, shut up. No, sorry. No, she didn't. She said, shut your mouth and eat your dinner. There's a contradiction in itself. Some, uh, one mother taught me about contortionism. She said, well, you look at the dirt at the back of your neck. Another one taught me about perseverance. You are going to sit here until you eat every last mouthful. My mother taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. My mother taught me about the weather. It looks like a cyclone has swept through your bedroom. And the last one is, my mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. You know, they're funny because they're true. (laughs) And as I was reading them and writing them, I thought I I saw myself several times in some of those comments and and I also had flashbacks to my own childhood where they have been said to me. And you know what, Mum, we just want you to know this morning, as we've already said, that you're amazing, that you're awesome, that you're doing phenomenal. And that what I loved about that song in Let It Go is I don't know a person who is harder on themselves than a mum. You know what? A mum is hard on herself. She knows when she's got it wrong and she often will not forgive herself or let herself off the hook. She continually reminds, she doesn't need us to remind her where she's got it wrong and what she's done. Mums are hard on themselves. And and we live in a society that is so diverse. One of... um, the catch cries of my heart and one of the desires of my heart is that we as human beings would be comfortable with who we are. We'd just be confident in this is the way I am, that we'd just be, we'd like ourselves, that this is me and I like me and I know that if you got to know me, you would like me. And we live in a society that doesn't really celebrate. I think they're catching on. You see lots of these phrases about be yourself, be this. I think we're catching on. But there's such a pressure for us to conform. There's such a pressure for us to have to do it the right way or this is the only way. And the thing with motherhood is there isn't the right way. There's not a one size fits all. 
It's not like they can give you a book on this is what you have to do. If you do this, it would work. Because even in the diversity of your own family, what works for one child doesn't work for another. There's no, you've got to do it this way. And I just want to encourage our mums that in the diversity of life and in the diversity of your mothering, will you be confident and comfortable to do it your way? And because you know what? There are some mums who their mothering is full-time. They have the ability to be able to be released from working. They're a full-time mum. There are some mums who do... um, work. They have work outside of the house as well as what they do at home. And then even in that, there's different hours. And so if I'm so bent on comparing my journey with someone else's, I'm going to do my head in. And it's no wonder I get overwhelmed because I'll see the mum who has the privilege of staying home and she can bake and she can cook. I mean, I was talking to a mum this morning who said she got breakfast in bed this morning and apologised for her garlic bread breath because they had garlic fried tomatoes. I was like, whatever happened to just Vegemite on toast? I mean, thanks, Master Chef. Like, as if I'm not under enough pressure. Now, veg- I, can't, I can't provide my kids a um, baked bean jaffle. That used to be like, wow, how did you get the beans in that and get the edges? It's like, that was amazing. But because of Master Chef, it's like, I have to have bacon and eggs and I have to have all these dressing and garlic in the tomatoes and like, thanks. And we get so overwhelmed because we try to conform to someone else's journey. And um, what we want to encourage you and remind you this morning is your journey is your journey. You do motherhood the way that works with you. I believe there's a wisdom and I believe if we do it together, we can learn from one another. But it's not about me trying to do motherhood your way and it's not about you trying to do motherhood my way. It's about let's do it together so that in the end, this world is a better place. And I... Having said that, I wanted to share a story this morning. I wanted to look at life at a mother because I do believe there are a couple of foundational things that we can all do. So I don't have to look at how you do it. You don't have to look at how I do it. But there are a couple of foundational things that I believe as mums we can do. Now, I'm talking a story from a mum and I'm going to use mother's examples, but I don't want to leave anybody out. And I believe that these examples and the things that I'll share with you, they're actually tools for life. It's not just about what my mum modelled to me or what this mother is going to model to us. It's about what we can model to one another. It's about what we can model to this generation. And these keys can be used in any form of relationship you have. They can be used in your workplace. They can be used uh, as siblings. They can be used in friendship. All right. So please, if you're not a mum here this morning, don't turn off. Oh, this is my mum. I hope she's listening. This is for all of us. All right. So if you have your Bible with you, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 to 23, and it is up on the board behind me. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favour of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared for by my father. I picked this story deliberately because this story is not your normal Let's learn a lesson from mum's story. This scripture is frequently used to illustrate a seemingly negative thing. And I think rightly so. Because at first glance, we look at this mum, we just think, she's manipulative. 
she's meddling, she's got involved in something that's really none of her business. But I picked this mum because of that reason. I picked this account because this is not your poster girl mum. And I think, like I said, we... Tony mentioned earlier this morning about the hallmark. We have this hallmark theology that here's the ideal, here's how it should be, and if you don't measure up, you, it, it's all over for you. And so I picked this mum deliberately because you know what? She's just like me. And you know what? She's just like you. And so I thought, what a great uh, analogy, and what some things that this mother modelled that we can learn from so that we don't leave this morning thinking, I don't measure up, I'm not doing this, they're all doing that and this is what I can't do. But actually, you know what? Here's a woman who wasn't perfect. Here's a woman who had issues. Here's a woman who got some things wrong. But here's a woman who definitely got some things right. So despite her intentions and her failings or even her motivation, there's something that this mum has modelled to me and to us that we should all do. So I want to quickly share this morning before we get into our baby dedications about Um, modelling motherhood. So what's the first thing that I get out of this account? The first thing that I think this mum models is to pray for your children. Verse 20 says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling before him asked a favour of him. You know what? In this world when as a mum there's so many decisions that we have to make, there's so many things we like, I don't know what to do here, I don't know what to do here. Can I suggest mum, pray pray. There's lots of things that have to be decided. There's lots of things and I don't have the gamut and wisdom of truth and sometimes I'm at my wits end and I don't know but can we be like Zebedee's mum and pray? The woman prayed. She came to Jesus and said, kneeling down before him, she presented her sons to him. She asked a favour of him. She went to Jesus and said, Jesus help. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Did I say everything? What does everything encompass? Uh, It's not a trick question. (laughs) Everything. Mum, pray. People, pray. Pray about everything. This mother modelled prayer. We have to pray for our children. You know what? When... um, Geordie was nine months, we did a baby dedication and we had a friend of ours come and do that and I, I remember distinctly he's praying, he was praying right then and there for her future husband. Just, you know what, there's nothing that you shouldn't leave to chance. But pray about everything. Pray about your kids' exams. Pray about the fact that they're going to be driving soon. Like pray really hard that they're going to be <laughs> driving soon. They're going to be using your car and they're going to have your other siblings in the car with them. Pray, pray about everything. For those of you who don't know, our son Mitch, when I was 18 weeks pregnant, they picked up he was missing some fingers on his left hand and the scans showed that there were all sorts of complications and they were declaring negative things over us and strongly advising that we should terminate. At that time, we did what only we knew what to do and that was pray. Just say, you know what, Lord? I don't know what's happening here. I don't know why this is such. I don't know what the future holds, but I know you and what I can do in this situation is pray. So I started to pray. Not only, God, would you heal him? Would you do what's needed to be done? But we, I started to pray, God, would you work on my heart? 
Father, if this, because they were saying, we don't even know if he will survive. We don't know what the future holds. If he does survive, we don't know his quality of life. So I just prayed along those lines. I said, God, I don't know either, but you know. God, I, I know that you said that I can do this. So Father, will you give me the grace and the strength? Will you give me, then when Mitchie was born and it turns out that, you know what, it's probably just the hand that's an issue. I still continue to pray because I said, Lord, kids can be cruel. And so I don't know, how do I parent this child so that he doesn't grow up with a complex? How, what do I say to him when he comes home crying from school saying, uh, they picked on me, they called me, I don't know, I can't even think of a word, because can I tell you, he's, we've never had that conversation. He's never been picked on. He's never come home saying, um, the kids have picked on me with this. We've, because why? Because we've prayed for this child since the get-go. In fact, last week I had a meeting with his teacher uh, in year nine and they're doing what they call the right journey. They've put the classes into boys and girls and they've uh, gone through and they're just talking about growing from boyhood into manhood. And the teacher said to me, he goes, I just want to commend you and your husband. He said, because Mitch is a leader. He said, the way he leads and he said, the way he conducts himself with his hand. One, you would never know that there's an issue. He said, but two, if you do realise and whatever, he said, he talks about it and he he encourages the other boys. He says, "Um, what's your problem? I've only got one hand, you know. He's into, it's not an issue for him. And he said, that's a direct correspondence between how what you've instilled for him. And can I tell you that wisdom came from prayer? Just on our knees saying, God, I can't do this. I don't know what to say. My mother's heart, when if he came home saying that the kids said something mean, I want to go and slap him. That's a mother's heart. Come on, mums. Oh, okay, you don't want to slap, you want to kick. Okay, whatever. But come on, a mum's just like, who was it? Tell me, give me all their names. I'm going to meet them in the shelter shed after and we are going to go. So... Pray, pray. And mum, can I tell you this? Stop talking about it. Pray about it. Talking about it and praying about it, two different things. And I think as mums and as human beings, we slip into that, um, just that sort of, we're talking about it, we talk about it. I went to the shops the other day, asked a girl how she was, and before I knew it, this whole, I mean, she was just telling me all this stuff. I was like, Okay, cool. But you know what? Honey, pray. It's obviously eating you up inside. It's doing something to you. Don't talk about it because talking about it's not doing. Pray about it. Just, God, I don't know what to do here. Will you come and undertake? And the other thing when we're talking about prayer that I really get from this mum is be bold. I mean, how audacious is that mum? She comes to Jesus and says, can, you, can my son be on your right and the other on your left? I mean, that's not like, can you just fix my splinter? That's like up there bold. And I want to encourage you, mum, be bold. Be audacious. Because how big your prayer is, is a sign to your kids of how big your God is. Just, you know, oh, maybe God, no, you know what? Let's pray. Mitchell come home and says, I think I can do this. We'd be like, let's believe for that. Why am I giving him a big head? No, I don't have to. He's already got that. He inherited it from his father. But... No, I shouldn't say that. But you know what, by my, but our bold, audacious prayer, I mean, we're instilling in him, you know what, you've got a God who can do anything. You've got a God who there's nothing, imp- we can't sing songs, quote scripture about nothing's impossible for God if we live a life where we're not living that things aren't impossible for God. Be bold in your prayers. All right. The other thing we learn from this mum, what is this mum model, is not only does she pray for her kids, but she positions her children. In that same verse, 
He talks about when she comes before Jesus, kneeling down, she asked a favour of him. One of the outstanding lessons we can learn from her is she taught her boys how to approach Jesus. We're talking about what are common things, how you cook dinner, how you do divvy up your chores at home, who's responsible for this and who's responsible for that, what your kids' bedtime. That stuff doesn't matter. That stuff you do within your family, you don't have to compare to it. But this stuff, this is the foundational stuff. If we're talking about what does a mother model, she models prayer, but she also models positioning her children. She came to Jesus with her boys. Can I remind you, they were adult boys. They weren't six and seven. These are adult boys. These were Jesus' disciples and she comes with them to Jesus. She is positioning her children. Mum, your job and role is to position your kids. Bring them on the journey with you. You don't have to leave them behind, but bring them. Show them this is what we do in this house and this is why we do it. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Mum, your kids are watching you. I, don't, I can't tell you the amount of times I sit with parents and they say, oh, my kids got to a certain age and now they're doing this and I'm not happy with these decisions. And it pains me to have to say, you know what? You have to look back over your life and see what did you do? Because when you had an attitude that said, I go to church when I feel like it, When you have an attitude that says, you know what, when a leader says something I don't like and I either run or I bitch about them or I do this or I do that, or if you have an attitude that says, you know what, I give when I can, but if something else is more important, I do that, or if you have an attitude that says, I'll serve as long as it doesn't cost me too much, I'm sorry that I have to be the bearer of bad news, but there's every good chance that you positioned your child to be at that point where they can make their own decisions that they decide... I'm out of here. And it's a scary thought, but it's one worth noting. We need to position our children. We have the opportunity to travel because of what we do. And so sometimes our kids can feel that, actually, you know what, I'm missing out. And I remember Bailey, only a couple of weeks ago, Dad was uh, on his way to South Africa, and she said to me, Mum, I wish Dad didn't have to go to South Africa. And I said to her, you know what, Beach? in a sense, I do too. I miss Dad when he's around. You know, I like him being here. I said, but do you know, if he didn't be, if he didn't go to South Africa, there are people who wouldn't hear about Jesus. And my eight-year-old said this, oh, well, that's a different story then, mum. (laughs) Bring your kids on the journey. Let them know. Because we get to travel, we get a thing called frequent flyer points, which means we can take our, we, we've taken our kids to some great places. And people go, it's okay for you. You know what? It's okay for us because we're serving Jesus. I've got frequent flyer points. We can go to Queensland because it costs me nothing. And so we, but I don't keep that to myself. I tell our kids. It's bringing them on the journey. I'm positioning them. Do you understand that when you serve God, when you have had a week without mum and dad and maybe we missed birthdays or maybe we've missed this or maybe we've missed that, I'm bringing them on the journey. So we're in Queensland right now having sun, getting out of this miserable cold weather. Why? Because we serve Jesus. Bring them on the journey with Mitch's hand. I just used to say to Mitch, I don't know. I don't know why God did that. But why has he done this? And why has he done that? And perhaps, perhaps your position for such a time, there'll be others for you to be able to say, you don't have to worry about that. Maybe the way you live your life will be a signpost and a testimony to them. Position your kids, mum. Position your children. 
I know it's difficult in today's society where there's so much politically correctness and I don't want to get into a debate, but what I have noticed is that mums, we often abdicate our authority. I love it, the fact that she brought her children to Jesus. She positioned them. She brought them, and like I said, they were adult kids. Now, I get that we can't sometimes grab our adult kids by the ears and drag them, but there are some things that we have an authority that I think society has battled against us to say that we can't do that. I don't know about you, but there are some times I have made my kids do things against their whinging, against their wanting, I don't want to do that, why do I want to do that? Now, I get that there's some battles that it's not worth it, but mum, we have to understand what's a battle worth fighting. And in this instance, you will come because like she said, because I said so. Don't ask me why, because I said so. I mean, I got a letter from my kids this morning. They all wrote me a letter, Happy Mother's Day and what they liked about it. And one of them wrote in there, I love it that you've made me do things I didn't want to do and I enjoyed them. <laughs> That's our job. Don't abdicate your authority. We know better. And so you know what? I don't know a parent here who, if their child said, oh, I don't want to go to school today because I don't feel like it, would say, okay. Most of us would go, get your butt to school because you need to be at school and I need you to be at school. Right? But you know what? Sometimes when it comes to church or getting involved, we go, oh, no, you know what? I don't want to force them. I'm saying get your butt to church because, you know, I'm positioning you. Now, for all you who are saying, oh, sure, you get them there to a certain age and then they go off, you know what? If it's like that the whole time, he's doing something else wrong and we can deal with that in another subject. But I'm saying sometimes just wield your authority and say, you will get yourself to church, you will put a smile on that face, you will raise your hands, you will sing and dance, and you will tell Jesus you love him, because I said so. And you know what? Maybe you'll get a letter saying, hey, mum, thanks. I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't want to do it at the time, but thanks for what you did. So mum, position your children. The other thing a mum does she works in partnership. Verse 20 and the second half of that verse says, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in the kingdom. This mum prayed, this mum positioned, but you know what else she did? She partnered with Jesus. She came and said, here they are, Jesus, now I've done what I can do. Won't you come and walk alongside and do what only you can do. Can I tell you, mum, you do not have to do this on your own. You are not here to do it on your own. Now, I know for a single mum that that's a statement that you just go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because a single mum gets it because she doesn't have the luxury of having a partner to be able to walk alongside and take. So single mums get it. But can I speak to our so-called, quote, normal families? You don't have to do it on your own, on your own, on your lonesome alone. You don't have to do it alone either. You know, I think we have this concept that, well, I've got my, me and my family and we're okay. I'm saying, no, she partnered. We need to partner. We've been placed in community. I've got a scripture here, which is Psalm 68. It says, God sets the lonely in families. I think one of the biggest mistakes we do as a parent is think we've got the, um, we just know it all. 
I've got the whole orb, I've got it all together. You know what, you may have some things together, but all of us have blind spots, all of us have weaknesses, all of us have shortcomings, and the beauty of doing it in partnership is that you get to rub shoulders with other people, you can learn some things and think, oh, I love the way you did that, I'm going to have a conversation to find out why. But also, you know what, I might just miss some things. I remember a couple of years ago, one of the youth leaders rang me and said, can I come and see you? I said, sure. So here I am thinking that they wanted to ask me something, I'm going to help them. And they came and they sat with me and they started to talk about one of my kids and what they'd noticed and what they'd seen. And I think kudos on two areas. One, that's a lot of courage to come to me to say, actually, here I am, I'm a single woman, I don't have kids, but I've noticed something and I want to speak to you. And I just love the fact that they felt comfortable enough to do that. That's what community is about. And the fact that I said, thank, I love that, great. Sometimes you can bring some um, insight into that. And other times you just got to say, awesome, now what do we do about that? And they could bring some things to help us and we could do it together. You don't have to do this alone. We're talking about modelling mothers, modelling mothership. I'm really all over the place today. Um, We're not doing this alone. We're working in partnership. There's an African proverb which says it takes a village to raise a child. It's not a sign of weakness. In fact, I think it's a sign of strength. To be able to say, I don't have a handle on all of it. I don't have all the answers. But you know what? I know where to go. And I know who to position and partner myself with so that we can get all the answers. So modelling motherhood, you need to work in partnership. And then finally, the last thing I get out of this story from this mum is that you need to keep your place. Verse 22 says, You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Mum brought her sons. Mum made the request. She's partnered with Jesus. She said, Jesus, will you help me? In this, and then Jesus turns his response now off of mum and to the boys. He says, You don't know what you're asking. Can you do this? And what I love about mum, the miracle is she let the boys answer. I mean, she's brought them in, she's done all this, and she could have then jumped in and said, Oh, yes, they do. And let me tell you, here's their CV, and this is what I know, and this is what I understand. No, miracle here is mum finally had a revelation of all. What's my place? I've done what I can do. I've brought them here. I've been praying for them. I've positioned them. I've trained them the way I need to do. I've partnered with you. And now my position is to know my place. And my place is I need to step back. Scripture says in um, Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. There comes a time, mum, when we have to back off. You'll always be mum. You will always have that role, but the functioning of that gets to a time when your children get to a certain age, you just gotta know your place. I'll always be mum, but you know what? That answer, I can't do. I need to point you to another. Often that can be future life partner. More importantly than not, it's to point them to Jesus and to say, you know what, God has the, I, I can't be God for you and I can't answer that. In certain age, in certain, I can partner with you, I can train you, I can bring you to a point, but there comes a point when we have to have the wisdom and the knowledge and the foresight to say, now's when I back off. When Jesus says, can you to the boys, mum doesn't answer, she lets the boys speak up. She's realised, you know what, I have a place. And can I remind you, mum, you always have a place. 
There's always a place for mum, but you just got to understand that in seasons it changes and stop trying to, what you did when they were young and how you did that, you had to back off. There's certain things that you don't have to do anymore. Our, our role is constantly and continually changing. But we have to do ourselves a favour and just not be insecure, not get all worked up, not try to find our value and identity in that because what will happen is we'll overstep our place and we'll try and be what we're not supposed to be. So, Mum, you need to know your place. So, in closing this morning, things that I just want to remind us for, what this mum has modelled to me is I don't need to be perfect and you don't need to be perfect. I don't need to have it all together and you don't need to have it all together. I need to do and you need to do what only we can do. There's so many things vying for our attention. There's so many things we can get involved in. There's so many ways uh, to skin a cat. But you know what? Not that we're into skinning cats, but <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's so many ways you can do it, so many things you do it. That's not the point. You need to do what only you can do. And that is to pray. That is to position your children, partner with great people and of of course God and then mum to keep your place and can I encourage you just it's never too late if you're sitting here this morning and saying well actually that kind of boat sailed for me I just want to encourage you it's never too late it's never too late for you to pray for your kids whether they're 70 80 never too late to pray for them it's never too late to position it's never too late to partner And it's never too late to know your place. So please, I don't want you to sit there and beat yourself up that you got it wrong. That's what we said. We're not perfect. We all can do things wrong. This is about what can I learn? How can I apply that? What can I adjust? Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 